0: Heart and I don't get around how you get around Hi, I'm Becca when I'm, she you and I'm
1: Josie Pronouns including but not limited to He, they
0: That's it, it's the whole thing and we're you're judges, usually, but except today, we're, we're doing something judges, a little differently.
1: Is, uh, Yeah, welcome welcome to a, a by-the-cover bonus episode.
0: <laughs> by-the-cover soft cover? Soft cover edition?
1: Ooh, uh, yeah, I like that. Soft cover.
0: Paperback? Paperback edition? Paperback. Uh, I don't know what you call books anyway. Softcore? Um, <laughs> softcore by the cover. <laughs> um, Soft,
1: softcore reviews with Beck and Josie. Um.
0: So yeah, so usually, usually our kind of deal is that we will uh, read other people's words and thoughts on um, books, and it's very funny. And so now we are going to go through the uh, objectively horrifying process of being known. Um, and talk to you about what we've been reading recently in um, a, like a in a mini in a mini episode. We hope to call kind of like the book club. Yeah,
1: the 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 soft core book club.
0: <laughs> Softcore book club. Oh, uh, so yeah. So get yourself your your most comfy like throw. Just kind of snuggle up. Just like get real cozy. Get cozy. If you're in a car though, please please stay focused on what you're doing. Don't get cozy.
1: Um. All right. Well, do you want to start or should I? Uh, you can go first. Yeah, you can go. Uh, so we've actually mentioned uh, this author before. I think uh you guessed him during a Where Are They Now, uh, and it's Brandon yep. Sanderson, mm-hmm. um, who is my favorite uh fantasy author. Um, and specifically, um, I just finished the third and most recent book, uh, in uh, in his. New series, I guess it's been out for many A while. years. Um, the fourth book's coming pretty yeah, the soon, yeah. The fourth book is coming this fall, so I'm
0: also reading this series. <laughs> um,
1: it's the Stormlight Archives, Stormlight Archives, um, and uh, and specifically, uh, Oathbringer, uh, I just finished mm-hmm. not too long ago. Um, Brandon Sanderson, uh, the reason that he's my favorite fantasy author is because of the intense amount of world building. Uh, he does, um, he, uh, I was watching a lecture that he was giving one time, and I think he said that he writes, uh, I believe it was 10,000 pages of world building before he ever works on the plot.
0: I just like, that's so much. It
1: is. No, It. it it's really, it's really quite fascinating. Um, and I guess like maybe something that I'll just talk about is kind of like world builders versus gardeners. Um <laughs> And uh, and and so in, it is in the
0: new game, world builders versus gardeners.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, the really excellent thing about his world building is the amount that his magic systems just flow through the world. And so specifically in the in the stormlight archive, um, there is a uh, a substance uh, that is called stormlight. Uh, it is brought in. Um, it is infused into gemstones uh, by the high storms, uh, which is just this massively destructive storm that comes uh, at intervals that aren't very well known. Uh, and in fact, studying when they might be coming is uh, kind of potentially considered wrong um, because of how much the society is opposed to telling the future. At
0: least, to, like one society. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: sp- uh, specifically, the country that that we're landing in. But but um, and really, be- and because of the religion that's dominant uh, on the continent mm-hmm. um finds telling the future to be uh, heretical essentially um, i think one of
0: my favorite things about how sanderson approaches world building mm-hmm. and like i i am sure this is in part because he builds so much of his world before he starts writing in it mm-hmm. is like thematically with the imagery that he's chosen like the the world often informs the type of story that he is desirous to tell and so i think it creates this really holistic and complex storyline that wouldn't necessarily happen in like a gardener um, yeah,
1: yeah, and maybe I should real quick actually say wouldn't because I mentioned that before, and in case you don't know, um, a, essentially a, a gardener is a term that is used uh, for an author and by you. I don't mean you, Becca, because we've talked about this before. Um, in case you, the listener, don't know, uh, we have lots
0: of debates about George R. R. Martin, who is probably one of the most popular gardeners out there. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, George R. R. Martin starts from like a character side and like starts writing the books and sees what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are a lot of authors who you can kind of see the DNA of writing yeah. that way.
1: J.K. Rowling is an excellent example of what happens uh, to a gardener who isn't very good at writing. Um, and so <laughs> um, in that... In
0: transphobia. It really yeah, just makes you a terrible right? writer.
1: Um, but but most specifically, um, the, the thing that I think about is, one, that uh, her magic system adapts in ways that don't make a lot of sense and aren't always consistent, you know? Um, Most specifically, though, in book three, she decides she wants to do a time travel story. Mm -hmm. And so she inserts a time travel mechanism in book three of seven and has openly admitted that the reason that the time turners are all destroyed in book five is because she realized what a terrible mistake that was and that it was establishing something that she didn't know how to handle. Um, and that that would not work with the rest of the story. Um, And so I, I think that this is just a perfect example of when you're a gardener, when you want things to happen, so you insert them into your world, suddenly you develop the unforgivable curses. You develop a curse that can kill people and can't be blocked by the spell that you said is capable of blocking spells. And and so it becomes this just, like, bizarre thing where there's all of these combat spells in, in in Harry Potter, and yet the only ones that actually matter are disarm and kill.
0: Right, um, and, like, you know, deus ex spell. Like, I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do. Here's the spell that's the words that I need to happen in Latin. And,
1: and Good thing I learned at this book, too. Right. You know, good thing I learned the one exact spell that is helpful, whereas, um, so getting back now to the Stormlight Archives, which is much better the fantasy series, Um, (laughs) the the Stormlight, uh, it, it... gets infused in these spheres and then part of essentially the science of this world are these things called fabrials that can use the stormlight in the in the gemstones to do what we would consider magic Um, but for them is a very common thing um called soul casting as long as you're rich enough to have a soul caster um you can change a substance into another substance but usually only um kind of one substance Um, each fabriel is only able to do one or two but then slowly throughout the story we find out, um, or really at the beginning of the story we find out that there's this one person who can infuse Stormlight into himself, and it's this weird magic thing and no one knows how to handle it and then we learn kind of through the the three books, the different people as they're learning that they have this magical ability, and they're trying to figure it out, and you as the reader you're learning about it, but not only are you learning about the magic system as you learn about the magic and as they're trying to use the magic to solve the problems of the book, it actually deepens your understanding of the world. And I think that that's one of the concerns people have about world builders. And it Mm -hmm. is one of the major pitfalls is just paragraphs and paragraphs of exposition to tell you about like the history and stuff. And Brandon Sanderson, just he does this really excellent thing where because of the way the plot has to go, you then learn more about the rest of the world.
0: These are big, fat, chonky books, though. It's, it
1: is no, I mean, it really is. They're big, they're long, but it's not pages and pages of just exposition to set you up so that you understand what's it's, going on. It's
0: character motivated. Mm-hmm. You're learning about new information yeah, through the as the characters, of characters learn
1: the as the characters learn the the reader learns as well, and so he just takes you on this this really lovely journey. With him um, and with the characters, instead of presenting it to God, you.
0: and it's so satisfying. It is so satisfying um, how he like kind of turns the concept on dime at the end of every book. It's really yeah, great.
1: yeah. Um, one of the things that that um, you and I have talked about, and you know, this is it's not really a spoiler. It's the exposition. It's the first chapter um, after the the pre the pre chapter, um, but it, it starts out with a, an assassination of a king. Um, and it's told from uh, one person's perspective, um, and at the start of every single book in the in the series, we get someone else's perspective about that night that the king was assassinated, um, and so it is like it, it's bringing in all these different perspectives, um, and it 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 makes you feel like you know what's going on confidently at almost every single point, mm-hmm. and then. Two chapters later, everything could change, um, but in ways that are, are are satisfying, you know, that don't feel like, ha I got you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's really, really, really nice. Uh, so that's that's going to be that's going to be it for me, I think. So five stars there.
0: Five freaking stars. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to start Sanderson and like. I I came in um, to this because of Josie's suggestion. I started with Warbreaker. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of easier place to start. It's a one-off book. It's superbly well-written also. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would suggest doing that before you invest in the Stormlight Archives to see if you're interested in the big, fat, chonky book. Yeah,
1: exactly. Warbreaker is a different magic system. It's a different world. um, But it really does give you a, a kind of a satisfying look at at how Sanderson's uh, books work, um, and like you said, it's it's a one-off. It's actually really cool. He wrote it. Um, he posted it all on his website um, oh. as he as he was writing and editing it, mm-hmm. um, and it's still up. Uh, it's still up on his website. So um, yeah. So if you want to, you can actually you can read it for free, um, or you can go to your library and get and, it for free as well. Yeah. Um, so for your lot, local lot, libraries, lots guys. Of, lots of great things.
0: Um, so yeah so the book that I brought today's book club is The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon um, my oohing and aahing over this book has led to Josie reading it now as well yes I am
1: 17 pages in
0: <laughs> and so I'm not allowed to spoil anything in a major way but I think I said so many things as it was happening um, so uh, is Samantha Shannon I'm reading this now on the because I just quickly looked it up so that I'd be sure to get Samantha the, or Shannon's name correctly um, uh, she she self describes this as being a feminist retelling of Saint George and the Dragon, which I think is so mm. interesting. I don't know how much you know about like Saint George, and the Not Dragon. Not a lot,
1: honestly. Um,
0: it's a you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a fantasy, but like it's very churchy in that like the it's a church
1: myth. I would argue the Saint
0: right? George goes in and murders a dragon for a kingdom.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I I think that is such an interesting thing to learn. I had a Saint George and the Dragon picture book growing up. It was one of my favorite stories. Um, and this this book is so much more complicated. It is also a big fat chunky book. Um and a lot of brilliant world building the the it's a lot of like political intrigue it's got one of the most diverse cast of characters that i think i've ever read the the one of the lead characters aid is a woman of color um and a queer woman of color which mm-hmm. is so exciting um and I, this book feels so natural and mm-hmm. delightful and like has such a complicated magic system um, the dragons are the aggressors in this world but not but only in the south so there's like this sense of like there are fiery dragons in the south and then there are watery dragons in the east hmm and the, the, the kingdom, which is, like, there's a big religious kingdom, um, has made all of these assumptions about their history. And I think this book does such a wonderful job of, like, taking the facts of a world kind of in a, not in a Sandersonian, because obviously Shannon is doing her own thing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, But I I would say that it's like a very similar type of thing where you are given a picture of the world and you are given an understanding of the world, but as you read the book, it's kind of like this development of, oh, this is so much bigger than I thought it Mm -hmm. was. And it gets more and more interesting as you go. Um, This book spends a lot of its time establishing the place you are in in a way that's like super satisfying in part because Ade is in a place where she is... Guarding, guarding a queen from another land, mm-hmm. um, and is learning about the culture, um, and or I guess has been established in the culture for long enough that it feels natural that she's still talking about the things that are different from where she's from. Yeah, um, and uh, it's just it's freaking phenomenal. I can't yeah. say enough. I have never I I myself have not experienced a fantasy Japan, and like certainly like. The the I can't say enough nice things about this book.
1: Yeah, yeah, and she does. She says right right at the beginning um, in kind of the, the 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 thing you write before the foreword. Mm-hmm. Um, just like very specifically, like I pulled from a lot of different cultures. I'm not trying to represent like one different like one specific thing, but like I think it's very clear that like. There's some really intentional moves that she made. I think like similar to like how people talk about like Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah. Where, like it's not it's not saying like, ah, oh, like this is fantasy China, but it's like still like very grounded in those I
0: think intentional is such a great word because um so there's this thing, unfortunately like through, through my study of history in theater, um, I know about this uh, like specific function in the history, um, which is mainly that Japan as a country was a closed country mm-hmm. um, to everyone except for the Dutch who came in and were like, yes, we would like to trade with you. And Japan was like, no, okay.
1: The Dutch can have one trade route <laughs> and, as a treat.
0: And the, the Europeans were essentially like, me too? And I was like, no, 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 no. One in, one in. Um, and so like she's established like essentially like the eastern countries are very much like nope nope we don't want this um, there's an issue with the plague in the book and so they're like we're closing our borders because we don't want anything to do with the plague oh good um, good you call oh you know, <laughs> no timely <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: that reminds me so much of the fact that I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now
0: I told Josie to go back and fix their game because the choice that they make was (laughs) gonna kill the island that they used to start on.
1: I let people who were infected with the the plague go. Whatever the plague was at the start of the
0: Peloponnesian War. I forget. It's some bad one. Um, (laughs) You know, versus the good plagues.
1: But I didn't want them to die. Um, So we've all made mistakes. Um, Mine were just in a video game.
0: Um, But anyway, so... um, the 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 island uh, oh my gosh I did just read this book I promise I swear um, of Orisama, um, essentially has shut itself off and they only tour with the Mentish mm. which is like another country that is adjacent to the big like religious religious country um, and so the Mentish are like the only ones who are allowed to trade and I just think that's such a, an interesting dynamic to bring from our world into a fantasy world mm. um, and so like I, I think. Intention is such a great word for this book and highly recommend it.
1: That's so fascinating, like an economic focus. And that's another thing that um, like in this lecture that I was watching with Sanderson about like world building. And when you're when you're kind of making your own fantasy, like everything about your world, like you have to think of all these different things. But like, what are the big three? What are the big three elements of a world that you want to show how differently they 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 or how different they are um, than than our world, right? And so like he chooses like weather for the stormwater archives, mm-hmm. right? And a few other things uh, as well, like uh, the wildlife, right? And like here, I think it's very interesting, right? That like one of them, and, and because of that, those become a focus of the story, right? It's, it's different, it's unique, it's intentional, and so it's a focus. And mm-hmm. so it's not that the economy is necessarily different, but... This focus on like trade and all of those things it really informs what kind of a story is being told and I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, so essentially like I pitched I pitched this book to my stepsister who I then promptly sent another bo- a version of the book because I got two copies of it through oh, Fable. Yeah, we should do. Um, we, we should bring that Fabled up again. Yeah, we mentioned um, this before,
1: but yeah, the Fabled Book Box. Um, was so so honed in to Becca's interests
0: that one they one those sent those her books. a book
1: she had already bought um, um, in their in their book boxes. So ten out of
0: ten recommend that. Um, and you know it was just uh, I essentially was like, hey, you should read this book, um, uh, East West East West politics um, with a focus on dragons. And alchemical themes, and it's just, it seems like it's right up your alley. And she was like, she read the first chapter and was like, yep, nope, that seems exactly up my alley. And I was like, and also now I know there are lesbians, so read this, please!
1: (laughs) And yes, also they are gay. Very, very good. Um, I realized now, as we're coming to the close of this book club, that we really, I don't think we should sign off with a dark horse. We
0: can't sign up with a dark horse. We can't sign
1: off with, with a dark horse, and so I think really all that's left to say is now Myra!
0: <laughs> now Myra!
1: I'm gonna make it a thing.
0: <laughs> Please, God.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to our book club.
0: Yeah, it's so great to the, be with you. The Softcore you all. Book
1: Club. And, uh, you know. Send us what books you're reading, especially if they have funny reviews on Amazon. Yes,
0: please send us books. Um,
1: we want to we want to read them on our on our main main episode. Authors,
0: tell us what books. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're writing that we should read.
1: If you're an indie author, or an author of any kind, and you've got a book uh, that you would like us to both uh, advertise for free and also read all of the reviews, so that you are, like Becca said, uh, known.
0: Um, That's all we can do for you. We can't give you positive or negative. We can only make you known. (laughs) You will be there. This has been Rope Media Network Podcast.